Hey friends, if you struggle to find time to read the Bible, or maybe like me, you do devotions in the morning, but then you could use a little more scripture in your day, I want to make sure you know about the Dwell Bible app. What makes Dwell so special is that they read the Bible to you, and you can choose from all different books of the Bible, different plans. They even have Dwell Daily, which is a daily devotional. And what really sets Dwell apart is that they have a variety of voices. You can have read the Bible to you. Over time, I've listened to Rosie the most. She is soft and relaxed and makes you feel like you're sitting by a fireside being read to. I also love Amber's voice. It's comforting and eloquent. So good. And then you can also choose what you want in the background, whether it's music or white noise. I love hearing the piano being played while I listen to the Bible being read to me. Pretty special. Dwell has something for everyone, men, women, and even children. So go over to dwellbible.com forward slash Monica Swanson to receive your 25% discount today. Again, that's dwellbible.com forward slash Monica Swanson for your 25% discount. I know you're going to love it, so check it out. Let me know what you think. Christian Parenting Aloha friends, welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast, powered by Christian Parenting. I am Monica Swanson, mom to four boys, podcast host and author of Boy Mom, What Your Son Needs Most From You. Here on the podcast, it's my goal to bring you practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising boys in this sometimes crazy world. You can always find show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Overwhelm, if you look at an emotion chart, is fear. When we feel overwhelmed, we have to ask ourselves, what am I afraid of? And I think if it's that comparison, I'm afraid I'm missing out. I'm afraid I'm not enough. I'm afraid I'm doing not doing it right. I'm afraid I'm going to fail a mom journey. Like I'm not going to. So I think we have to lean into when I'm overwhelmed, what am I afraid of? Hey friends, welcome back to the Boy Mom Podcast. So excited to share today's episode with all of you. You are just listening to a short clip from Heather McFadden, who you might know from previous episodes. She's been with me a few times here on the podcast, and I'll be linking to those episodes in show notes. Heather is also the host of the Don't Mom Alone podcast, which is very popular. She does some really great stuff over there. She's all about supporting other moms, and now she has a book by the same name, Don't Mom Alone growing the relationships you need to be the mom you want to be. I'm really excited about this book and I love the conversation Heather and I have. Heather talks about the importance of community as a mother, even when community doesn't come naturally. She loves to talk about how there is no good mom formula, um, but the importance of God's grace, how to find strength in being vulnerable and asking for help. I think this conversation is going to encourage every mom out there. So please spread the word about this episode episode. And I just hope that you get a lot out of it. I won't say much more other than thanks for being here. And if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, I believe it's now called follow. You can do that right on your app. It's super easy. Just click on the follow button and that way you will 
be notified each time a new Boy Mom podcast comes out. Also, I want to make sure you know that we have um, emails that go out each week sharing the new podcast as well as anything else I stumble upon. If I find a good link, a good read, a recipe, if I have something just funny to share, I try to keep my emails very short and yet packed with good stuff. So if you're not an email subscriber yet, hop right on over to monicaswanson.com forward slash subscribe. Get on that list and you will not be sorry. Okay, so I'll have a few final words to say at the end, but without further ado, here is Heather McFadden and I talking about the importance of community and motherhood and what it means to don't mom alone. I hope you enjoy. Well, hey, Heather, welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast. This is one of my favorite podcasts to come to. Ah, well, you're such a boy mom. I mean, you're like the one I look to and say, okay, I kind of wanted to hijack the whole show and say, help me, Monica. Give me some mentoring with my boys. Yes. Stop, stop. Okay. Well, tell us about your boys. Tell us about your family. You've been on before. We're going to be linking to that. But um, meanwhile, for anyone who doesn't know you, tell us what you do and about your family. So we live in Dallas, far from Hawaii. Wish closer. And we have four boys, ages 9, 12, 14, and 16. So we're spanning a tricky stage where we have the older elementary in the middle school years, and then middle school, high school. So we almost have two groups. I'm uh-huh. sure you went through that mm-hmm, situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's my mom heart of wanting everyone to do everything together is a little grieved sometimes. Yeah. So, But I'm going to say right here that when I look back, I think you're in the magical season right now because oh, really? it's just so, there's always something. There's always there's never a dull moment, right? (laughs) And when the oldest one's away doing something, you're still busy. And yet, I don't know, I just, I look back and just remember when there were teenagers and younger, and of course it's hectic, but I don't know. I miss that. So carry on. And that's what, when I see moms and they're in that stage where the, their youngest is out of diapers, out of naps, so like five, six, and their oldest hasn't hit teen years yet. Oh. I think in my mind that's a really sweet, like everyone's innocent and they want to be together and they're they're kind of cuddly with each other. Yeah, yeah. And so it may be chaotic, and but you're just – you don't know yet that you can have yes. conversations. Exactly. Yes. So I don't know. I was like, go on trips. This is when they'll want to go see things. Right. And you're still fun and interesting. Exactly. And, yeah. No, that's true. That's true. It's fun to think about. The mm. most magical seasons. They're all good. Yeah. They're all, I Even mean, they're, they're different. Yeah. Yeah. Even the I, little teeny years. I loved when like no one had to get up and go to school and we could just yeah create our own adventures. It was hard and I was tired, but there was some, I'm like not someone who likes to be told <laughs> where to be and how right, to show me up. Either. Me so either. that flexibility in those years right. was really nice. Right. I love it. Okay. Well, I hijacked you so you can carry on and tell us more about your family. You have a husband and and a podcast. I do have a husband. I have a husband whose name is Bruce and we've been married 22 years. And uh, yeah, I host the Don't Mom Alone podcast. Almost Uh, eight years. Man. ridiculous. You were podcasting before I knew what a podcast was. Before I knew what a podcast was. (laughs) What was I doing? (laughs) And you were writing even before that. Like, mm-hmm. how far back do you go in this online world? So I started a blog before Facebook, back when you would keep in touch with family 
by putting it on your blog that you went to the zoo. Now you could just post a picture on Instagram or Facebook. Yeah. And then I created God Centered Mom, the blog, around 2009, 2010. And then um, wrote on there for a while. Thought I was going to write a book 10 years ago. And then when that didn't happen, started the podcast. Wow. And here here you are. Circle. Circle? That's not a word. Circle. (laughs) Circle. But I do, it really, it's, to me, it's an encouragement to a mom who feels like she's missing out or she's in that season of little kid years and opportunities are coming and you just really physically can't do them all. And, you know, God's timing is way better. We hear it. We say it. Mm-hmm. But I'm just going to testify one more time Yeah, that having the book come out now, oh my gosh, it's been a blessing, a joy been fun to have the boys along on the journey at the stages they're in and just a lot easier to you know if balance is a word I don't think it's a word but it kind of keep right. things flowing this is a much easier season to do it in yay isn't it fun when you you know you're just in the flow and it's not so much striving and so much not that it's ever easy granted you know writing a book is a lot of work but when you just know it's the Lord leading you and it's his timing so tell us about the book I mean, just like the 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 book grew out of the podcast, they kind of are a, a team. Um, yeah. Tell us just the, the basics, and then we're going to dive in, go a lot deeper. So you know that when you pitch a book to a publisher, you like you write out the whole outline in a couple chapters. Well, I pitched a completely different book. Oh, yeah. Oh. And they were fine with me writing that completely different book. But some of the publishers asked, why aren't you writing a Don't Mom Alone book? And I thought, well, that's too obvious. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. totally. I want to be interesting. I want people to think I have really amazing thoughts. And so (laughs) uh, I I asked God about it and he had some thoughts and he was thought that maybe it would be helpful to have a resource I could hand a mom instead of just saying, go listen to 350 episodes. Yes. Catch up. <laughs> it's a little overwhelming. That's 350 hours. Wow. And so then I thought, okay, so what's going to be in it? And you know how your friends write books and then they have to live it out? Have you had that? And I think, why aren't we writing books? How to make a million dollars and live in Hawaii. I mean, no, right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so when I don't mom alone, I thought, oh my goodness. I am going to, I mean, this is, sounds really bad, but, and I've had friends walk through this. So if this is you, I know this is not something light to say, but there was a real fear in me that Bruce might pass away while I'm writing this book. I know that's very dark, but but I was like, I'm going to live out. Don't mom alone. This is what's going to happen. Or I'm going to lose all my friends as I'm isolating and writing this book. And I can't, you know, say yes to the lunches. I had no idea when I started writing in September of 2019. Oh my god. That goodness. a pandemic right. was gonna happen. Right. And then I a had to realize twist. Yeah, a little twist in the story. I also it made me realize the actual message of the book is not you are alone. It is what is keeping you from relationship? And how can you kind of drop that pride and rely on God? and rely on other people and connect with your kids. And so I had to do all those things in order to know the content and in order to walk through this writing book, the book and, you know, staying connected to my kids in the process. So wow, that was Crazy. the actual lesson I ended up learning since I had no outline 
I love it. I yeah. love it. Oh, yeah. that is so great. And it's such a great book. I've just been enjoying it and feeling so much less alone. As we chatted about before I hit record, I'm working on um, a book right now. I think most listeners know that, but I tend to isolate myself for sure when I'm busy and when life is hectic. And so uh, the message of this book is so important and so relevant, I think, whatever you're doing to needing other moms. So going back to your podcast briefly, I want to hear just some of what you've learned over these last eight years, podcasting, talking to moms out there. What is the message you hear most of all? You know, on Strength Finders, I have input as one of my top five strengths. And so I love like hearing other people's stories, hearing advice, hearing all of that. And I know for some people that could be overwhelming. I think for me, it's more reaffirming of God's true identity and character and a reminder that no matter what our storyline, he is faithful. I hear that over Mm. and over and over in interviews. And then even if our kids walk through really hard challenges or whatever their storylines are, that we can have our own journey outside of that and that we don't have to feel less than or that we've failed in the midst of that. Mm -hmm. And then I also think there are so many different versions of a mom that that's encouraging to figure out how did God wire you uniquely? What are your family values separate from other people? And I think if we lean into that a little bit more, what's my identity? What are our intentions and our mission statements? Then we can walk alongside each other because it isn't a my idea of what's right versus your idea of what's right. And we have to compare and contrast and fight about it and become divisive. It's more about, okay, I know who I am. You know who you are. We have our own mom brands. And mm-hmm. how can I support you? And yes, because really, if the goal is to create the next generation of leaders of in our society, then my hope as a believer especially is that your children – do as well and are following God and are living for him as mine. And we are then co-laborers Love it. for kingdom work yes. instead of competitors. Amen. And I have to line up my kid next to your kid and say, oh, he got X, Y, and Z, or she just posted on Facebook that he is winning this award or whatever it is. It's like, way to go. He made the national tournament in surfing or whatever. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know the right language. But like, I can celebrate with you because the goal is more Christ followers reaching every corner of the world. And so it's not a competition against one another. Yeah. Okay. That is so good. I love that because it's just like in scripture, how we've all been given different gifts and how the body needs the hand and the nose and the foot. Same goes with families. And and I, I love talking about, you use the word family brand and our family culture. And I just think it's so much fun to stop and go, who are we? And and to really kind of zoom in on that. Do you guys did you guys like create a family mission statement? Do you have one? No, I I did interview a couple people that helped with that. One yeah. was Susan C. Have you ever interviewed her? No. Um, she's fantastic. She's okay. a homeschool mom. Okay. Um, but she's all about intentionality and figuring out like your words. We're big on like, okay, what are our main words? Communication is a really big theme for us. Fun is a really big theme. (laughs) Yeah, it's helpful to just notice what you're already doing because I will tell you, 
you are more likely lead your family in that brand if it's coming from a natural place instead of a should or I wish we were that family. Yes. We aren't. I'm never going to be. No. That's, that's a waste of energy. And I will get in that place, especially if I consume a lot of social media where I think, oh, so-and-so did X, Y, and Z, and blah, 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 blah. Okay. That's not helpful. But what is helpful, this is kind of what we're – to go back to the beginning of the conversation with mm-hmm. the two different groups of kids, for our family and what we value – I did feel a conviction or a stirring that there was something I I was missing, that we weren't doing what we normally do, which is have fun as a family. And so instead of bemoaning that or guilting people or why don't we ever X, Y, and Z, which never works, I shared that with my husband. And I said, we take Saturday morning walks, which is the marriage hack, if you, you want to. Love that. Love hack that. your marriage. That's a hack. To put the kids in a stroller if they're still little or leave a phone and walk just a block around your house. Um, but it was on our walk and I'm the one who kind of notices the temperature in the house and the make the intentions and he's the strategic make it happen. Mm-hmm. So I shared my intention. I shared what I wanted and he came up with an action plan and we ended up going to the zoo as a family. And I just felt like it was using the best of his gifts, the best of my gifts, remembering our family value, casting a vision to the boys. And this is recent, right? This is Saturday. Okay, Mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. And cast the vision and invite them in. And the older boys got a little bit more coaching and insight into why this mattered. And anyway, it was like two hours. It wasn't that. It wasn't a whole big long thing, but it really encouraged my mom heart. And absolutely. It's a good memory. You know what I mean? It is. It is. And it's good for all of them. And I love that you found a way to do it. Even when the older ones, you know, that's not, may not want to go to the zoo. Yeah. But that's our brand. That doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that now you all need to go to the zoo. zoo. (laughs) Right. I love it. It may be quiet reading hour. I don't know. It might be family Devo or uh, friends of ours. They had a a talent show night and everybody brought a song that they wrote. I mean, that may not be everybody's jam. But find what is yours. Yeah. And I love that. We we always intended to do a family mission statement, but it was, I think, the first Christmas my oldest son was home from college that we actually got out like the whiteboard and everyone was like groaning, like, seriously, mom, we want to watch Star Wars. (laughs) Um, But once we started, I just think, and we didn't even complete it yet. It's like kind of left partially done. And I think it takes time over years, but to, to really solidify. But I loved that when they threw out words, there was such a, a kind of theme that everybody, and I was like, you know what, you're all living out your mission, whether you've articulated it or not. And that's what I love about a family brand is that God put you together on purpose for a purpose and owning that. And so, yeah, I, we might as well just touch a little bit more than on the whole comparison thing, online, social media. Will you just talk to us about that? Cause you've certainly, um, got a feel for what women are walking through right now. What have you seen in these past eight years? How has it changed and any wisdom for us? <laughs> well, uh, before I get to that, I want to, one more tool. If you are, if you heard us talking about family mission or branding, is Kimberly Amachi, A-M-I-C-I. Yeah, I know Kimberly. She has like a, 
family retreat plan that you can download like a PDF with questions. And what I love is each individual person kind of fills it out and then you come back together. And although some of it can be hard to hear, I thought that was a really great tool mm-hmm. if you need yes. some help and being intentional because I don't love naturally that. think we will that. link um, to that. Okay. So what moms, I think the other thing I want to set moms free about is with social media, there's this feeling like I was kind of talking about with the book writing that you need to do all the things at once. There's this intensity, this pressure to start the non-for-profit, help out with the kids' classroom, have the full-time working job. I mean, it's just so much that's impossible for a limited human being to do. There are not enough hours. There's not something wrong with you if that is not work for you. Um, Friends of mine that do have full-time working jobs, and one in particular who also does Ironmans. Mm, Wow. Right? You go. Yeah. That's a lot for her to do. And we could say, oh, man, that's probably too much. She has made choices of things she's not doing. And there have been seasons where her husband was the stay-at-home parent to make life function. And so there's a trade-off. You basically often when you see Instagram, you see what everyone's doing and you smash them all together Mm -hmm. to be one mom. Mm, That's impossible. so right. Yes. So what is – again, it goes back to – the the remembering the perspective that having small children at home is, and we always say it all the time, a season, but I think what we don't grasp is you have more years where they're not in the home than you ever have kids at home. You have a whole huge lifetime. lifetime <laughs> yes. if, if God grants you that. Yes. But the majority of people live a long time mm-hmm. yeah. past their kids mm-hmm. leaving the house. And mm-hmm. so – it was my, that was I was pregnant with my oldest in a knitting group when I made that re- realization that a lot of the moms I was sitting with their kids had been out of the house for way more years than they ever had kids at home. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And some of us who started later and dragged yeah. out this childbearing and keep for having more, years, more children. Yes, yes, yes. It might be a little shorter, but still I I think that that is so hard to see when you're in the thick of it, when you've got the kid, you just feel like you want to be doing everything everybody else is doing, but you're right. There will be a day where, you know, you're sitting around going, what do I do? So I say, dream about it. If you want to start on it, if it's your time start, but also know that you have time ahead. That is so good. Like you said, starting having kids later, you know, everyone Mm -hmm. says young mom. Well, you might have been, (laughs) I'm a mom with young kids, but I may not be a young (laughs) mom. Yes. Yes. But you experienced a lot of things prior, so you may already have that perspective that it's okay. I don't have to do all the things. I did a lot of things prior, and so that pressure is off. My mom started being a mom when she was 17. Mm. So then wow. when – so then she had two kids, and 11 years later had me and my younger brother. And so on the second go-around, she, she decided – I'm going to go all in on the mom thing. So she mm. homeschooled us. She made her own oh, pasta. Wow. She was in a wow. vegetable co- She was a millennial before millennials were a thing. But she would say it was her trying to make up for the first two kids and not doing all those mom formulas. And then when I was in middle school and high school, she went back to school and got her college degree 
became a teacher and was a high school debate and history teacher as I was in college and out of college. And then when my dad passed away about four years ago, you know, she, she thought, what am I going to do? You know, how, how do you live a life after 55 years of marriage? And she felt God had given her a promise of 16 more years of life. And she, she'd breast cancer at the time my dad passed away and she healed from that. And she is living on her own in Florida, but she didn't stop. I said, wow. mom, you were married at 16 and now you have 16 years. You have bookend of your life. Wow. And she is leading Awanas in Florida. Aww. She's a Bible study. She's leading. She's not stopping. Okay. Your mom is incredible. Well, I just think we all can be, you know what I mean? Like, yes, there's, you're just getting started. Yes. You know, all I of love us, that. if you're 55, you're just getting started so much that you can do with the life you've been given or just be so many things you can be. Yes. You don't have to do and be productive. I love value that. And worth. Yeah. Okay, your, your mom inspires me first of all, wow. but I also just love that perspective. I think that is huge. And I think it's super important because I do think the overwhelm, I just remember in those early years, that was the word is just overwhelmed all the time. And so I think, yes, when we then scroll through social media, see what other people are doing, it, it can really, really be an overwhelm. If you look at an emotion chart is fear. When we feel overwhelmed, we have to ask ourselves, what am I afraid of? And I think if it's that comparison, I'm afraid I'm missing out. I'm afraid I'm not enough. I'm afraid I'm doing not doing it right. I'm afraid I'm going to fail a mom journey. Like I'm not going to. So I think we have to lean into when I'm overwhelmed, what am I afraid of? Yeah. Asking those questions, that's a little bit painful. It's easier to push them aside, but it's super important. Hey friends, hope you're enjoying this conversation. I want to pause real quick to share something special we have to offer over at the Christian Parenting website. We have a four-week family challenge called Love God, Love Others, and this is a challenge to simply live out the greatest commandment from Jesus, which is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all of your strength. As parents, we tend to complicate things. But here in this one statement, Jesus makes it real simple. Love God and love others. So in this challenge, each week you'll get a few pages on a portion of the Great Commandment to equip you for the week ahead. You'll get selected scriptures and points of truth for your family to reflect on together. And you'll get seriously fun challenges to try with your family each week. Cynthia Yanoff wrote this and she is hilarious. I think you're going to really enjoy it. So the Love God, Love Others resource was created with the goal in mind to help your family grow closer to each other as you grow closer to the Lord. So you can request your copy of this special parenting resource when you visit cpgive.org today. That's the letters cpgive.org. I will have a link to it in the show notes, but I think you're going to enjoy it. Great way to kick off the new year. So hope you enjoy it as much as I have been. All right, now let's get back to our conversation with Heather. Okay, so now I want to talk a little more about community okay. and our need as moms for other moms, for women in our life. And, you know, I live on an island and I've said before that sometimes I feel like that's more than just a metaphor, that it's it's really easy for me, just my personality type, especially when I'm writing a book or just homeschooling kids to just kind of put my head down and be like, there's just no time to, there's no space or is it? 
I haven't always asked the hard questions of why is it that I'm not reaching out more, but talk to us about our need for other women in our life and how you maybe came across that and how that ended up being a podcast and a book. Yeah. I, I think a lot of people think that's what the whole book is about, but really it's every reason why I didn't, you know, because I think we feel the pressure that we should, like you were saying, you're on this island or you are, you're writing and you're thinking, I should be with other people. I should be in community. And I just really want women, since this is mainly women, to consider their why they're not and that hard question and leaning into it. And sometimes answering those hard questions requires interacting with God and with other people. Yeah. 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 So for me, that came from a professional counselor. So there's a safe person to process these things with. Why am I? And some of it is you are limited and you're exhausted and you need Mm -hmm. to figure out ways to get rest. Yes. And some of it is you're believing a lie that you have to show up a certain way to be acceptable in a relationship. I mean, for some, or you're afraid you're going to get hurt again. You have past wounds with friendships and why would I put myself back out there? Yeah. And is it worth the time and the energy? Am I, is it really going to be life-giving? Mm-hmm. I just would say for <laughs> any relationship that's been hard or that I've been hurt in, four times the amount of joy mm. and health and perspective have come back to me. And so it's always worth the risk, even if you are wounded, because you have a healer who resides in you, who you can bring those wounds to. You aren't left alone. And I was reading about Jesus washing the disciples' feet. I was reading further today and John on it. I was thinking about this moment where he kneels down. He does the hard thing, the uncomfortable thing. He serves in relationship with these men who don't get what he's actually doing. They don't get what's about to come. And then I read this phrase, and he resumed his place and told them, do what I do, you know, invited them into following that. And I thought, he didn't just kneel down and wash their feet and then go back and sit at the table. He left heaven. He lived among us. He served us. He died, and then he resumed his place in Mm. heaven. And I think if we really grasped that our place is secure, Hmm. our eternal place, we're not going to lose that salvation, then we could do the uncomfortable thing, reach out to the person that might wound us, serve someone in a way or serve our own kids in a way that's not pleasing or easy. Yeah. Because we know that we will resume that place. That's so we freeing. Know, yeah, it's we so know. Like, yeah, right? How often if, if we, we live really believe though, that. Yeah. If yes, we really believe that, we could take the risk. Yeah. That is huge. If we really believe that. Yes. Yeah. I that has hit me a few different times, but I love that story and how that, you know, really came to you because I think that it is such a game changer in our daily life if we have an eternal perspective and we're like, while we're here we have an opportunity to love and serve and stumble and fall and raise up these kids. But the pressure is not all on what we're doing right now because it's already secure. Yeah. That is so good. And I think the secular world is getting it better than we are, which is Mm. like, oh man, 
Yeah. If they've figured it out that it's worth the risk, I mean, right. we have we have God in us. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So to the mom who doesn't have community, how do you recommend people go out and find it? Like, I know that it's really important that you choose people that are, you know, I, I talk a lot about influence and parenting and how we become like the company we keep and bad company corrupts good morals and all these things. But as women, it, it's different trying to find friends. It's it's a whole different ballgame than when you're a kid and they're just down the street or at school or on the baseball team. How do we find these women? <laughs> There's no perfect friend. <laughs> no. There's no perfect friend. There's no perfect company. But I do think, one, again, you do the inner work. You figure out your why. Yeah. I think that's really important because mm -hmm. if you're heading into that relationship, needing something from that person that only God can provide, it's not going to be a very healthy situation. But if you go into it and it's just icing on the cake of you already knowing your identity mm. and your worth and your value, then you mm. get to be used by God in their life and it's a reciprocal thing. If you're a part of a church, which I'm, that's my main hope, is I'm really a big fan of the local church. And anytime someone reaches out to me during with DMs of they don't have anyone, I ask if they're a part of a church. Yep. Great um, advice. I think in America we are – we have a lot of churches. Yes, we do. <laughs> and right now, they would love for you to come. <laughs> yes, they would. Um, but even um, if I don't love the worship or the teaching or the children's ministry, I think what's valuable about my church is the relationships we've built over time. And so even if they are imperfect people, my advice to someone if they want community is kind of keep your eyes open and I think pray first. Mm. God, open my eyes to see the one you want me to connect with, you want me to go further and deeper in relationship with. And this could be a coffee that you go to or meet at the park one time. This mm -hmm. is not, you're not signing at the dotted line and committing to be in relationship the rest of your life, but mm. start somewhere. And I yeah. think that freedom, that it can be a one-time thing for a lot of women I'm talking to, that really helps get them started. Or if there's something you want, you really want moms with kids your kid's age to come to your home, then do that. But it's risky to be the inviter. Yeah. Everyone wants to be invited. Yes. So that's what I love is you, you think you're the only one and then yes. you discover that yes. everyone else is praying for the same thing. Create the thing that you want. And if you're in the waiting room, your child is in OT or has a doctor's appointments regularly, take that risk and connect with the mom sitting there because she is in a similar situation. And I'm really a big fan of connecting people who are walking similar roads, whether it's cancer or the loss of a parent or whatever that journey is, there is just comfort in knowing you're not the only one. And so asking God to open your eyes to that person, I really think connections can happen. I, I'm having a flashback of a kind of funny story. When I first moved to Hawaii Yes, and I had my husband was starting residency, which means he was pretty much always gone and gone. always tired and always, you know, more tired yep. than even a new mom. And I had a two-year-old and a newborn, and I was so determined to find community that when we were, I think it was at the hospital, there's different things posted. And so I jumped into two different like mommy groups. One of them was kind of community-based and it was near my home, but the other one, I think I was tired or didn't read the sign carefully, but 
I made the phone call and jumped in. And about the third meeting, (laughs) I realized, I haven't thought of this in years. So I'm seriously have tears in my eyes. I'm cracking up at myself. I realized that it was a group that was intended, I think, for people who were um, maybe coming out of jail, um, different (laughs) difficult situations where they had been estranged from their children. And so it was like in the evenings and there were these people that men, women, and children, but there was this weird, and there would be a teacher each time teaching on something. And then we would have fellowship. And I was like, something's different with this group. And I finally realized that I was like the only typical stay-at-home mom coming. The rest of them all had unique, difficult situations, which was great, but I had nothing in common with these people. And I was like, how did I end up? I was so (laughs) desperate for fellowship, so desperate. But those are some of the best places. (laughs) A 12-step recovery program, we all have something we need to recover from. And I learned. I mean, there was some great little teaching going on, but I kind of cracked up that I hadn't realized what I was They thought you were an imposter, actually. (laughs) Why is she here? But we have that desperate feeling. And yet over the years, I think I have definitely, you know, got to a place where it was just like, it's too hard to get out. It's too hard to pack up the kids. You don't want to risk whatever, all the different things that you might battle with um, being vulnerable. But as you have said in your book and said on your podcast, when you are vulnerable, when you open up, when you're transparent with somebody, you're usually going to hear them, me too, right? Yeah. Yeah, they're going to mm. identify. And if they don't, then that's not your person. And we have to be okay with right. that. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Go find another restaurant. I'm not your flavor. It's fine. And it's, it's okay. It's not personal. Yes. It's not a rejection. Yeah. No. And I love that you said there's no perfect friend because I think some of us, if we grew up with like that best friend in high school and they dressed like you, looked like you, talked like you, that's kind of stuck in your head sometimes. But as an adult, I've come to a place where I'm like, you know what? I love that this friend she gets this part of me and that friend is who I go to when I really need prayer. And that friend is just so much fun. So we can have those different friends and that's kind of a part of growing up, I think. And I'm even trying to teach my kids that, that it's okay even as you grow up to see that there's no perfect friend, but you know what? I guess we're not a perfect friend either. (laughs) So stay humble. (laughs) True that. True that. Yes, exactly. Uh yeah. Oh, I, I love it so much. Okay. So what are you just hoping at the end of this book that readers will take away? Uh, what's, what's your kind of mission with this book? I want to relieve the burden of motherhood. I think for myself, if I could have coffee with this mom who is completely just under it, feeling like all of the responsibility is on her with her kids. I want a reminder of who God is and how she can moment to moment connect with him and be reminded of who he is so that she can parent from a place of belief and not, I think some, some women are empowered and they can just power through motherhood Mm -hmm. and they are the Mm go-getters. Some, when they feel that burden, they just shrink Mm -hmm. and they get smaller. And Mm -hmm. I want them to be all of who they are for their kids because God didn't make a mistake there. And And I hope that message resonates. And then I really do feel like for my story, having other people, having mentors, really connecting with my husband in these years has been essential for me to be a better mom because I can't be all the things. I can. Mm -hmm. I'm a limited human being. And so friends bring perspective on my kids. I might be seeing one thing and they're like, well, what if that's actually what's going on in him? And I think, oh, I hadn't even seen that. So thank you. 
so that yes. I don't think it's a character issue. It's really just a wiring. Um, and then, you know, we can't be the moms we want to be if it's all up to us and we don't invite our kids along. And so there's a whole, the whole last section is my own anger that kept me from relationship with my kids, the discipline process that I think I get questions from moms a lot. They just want to do that well. And mm. I love thinking about how God works with us and guides us. And mm -hmm. then for the moms who have different or difficult children, how do you embrace that assignment? And ultimately, how do we disciple our kids? Because we, the, the ultimate don't mom alone is if your kids are indwelt with the Holy Spirit and you have God parenting them from the inside as you're parenting them from the outside. So that to me is like everything I would want to tell them Oh, and I love to it. help kind of lift that burden. Not, not more to do's, but more how to be's. Mm, so good. And I love the scripture, all the different biblical stories that you include in there that give such good encouragement and just a vision for each section. You've done a great job on this book. Thank you. Love the personal stories and just, you know, you've dug in and done some good research. So going to point everybody to it. Of course, there will be links in show notes and all of that. But before we close, can I throw couple boy mom questions at you. Oh, I've got my answers. Okay. We'll see what comes out. We'll see, we'll what, see what comes out. <laughs> Anything goes here. So uh, we're going to start with a boy mom essential, something you okay. can't imagine having raised those boys without and anything goes here. What I tell moms with really high energy boys mm -hmm. is to get a trampoline with a handle. The mm. little ones. Yep. I've seen them. Indoor trampoline. Indoor ones. Yep. So growing up, I remember my dad, before he left for work, before he took a shower, he would have this little trampoline that he would run on and pray. Oh, cute. Your dad yeah. did that. Oh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was quite a funny little jog that he would I jog and pray. our parents yeah. did. <laughs> and then he would always leave his Bible on the back of the toilet. So I knew that was like the before work situation. Oh, I love it. He would it. read his Bible. So I knew he was praying <laughs> and reading his Bible every day. But I think I knew that those existed, those tiny trampolines. And when my boys were just so high energy, um, to have a positive outlet for it, I would say, Hey, go jump 10 times. Let me, see, let me see how fast you can, whatever, you know, make mm -hmm. a game out of it. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. It has Super a little good. bar so they'd flip around the bar, of course. Yeah. But mm -hmm. yeah, no, those are that great. I have seen them. I have seen mm -hmm. them great for sensory issues too, especially. Yes, we have a lot of sensory stuff. Oh, I think that's what I talked about once when I came on here. Super good. Yes. Yes. Okay. Second question, something um, or a moment when you just had the awareness that you are a hashtag boy mom, something one or all of your boys said, did, or dragged in. It was I just mean, all boy. I'm having a hard time because it just feels like we've been an all boy world forever. <laughs> yeah. Forever. And I think when I, they were really little, I would be very jealous of moms. I would see friends of mine where I'd go to their house and their little girls were coloring, coloring mm -hmm, and watching mm -hmm. princess movies. Like a, a ribbon in their hair. And yeah. yeah. And mm -hmm. I love, I was a speech language pathologist for young kids. And so I love crafts and activities. And I felt like I would set all that up yeah. And they would be done in five minutes. Yeah. So maybe that mm -hmm. was my boy mom moment where I thought these friends can just put out a coloring book and entertain their children for hours 
and I am working my tootie off oh, yes. to get a 15 minutes of <laughs> totally. engagement where they're not destroying things. You know, if I, you don't direct it, it yep. becomes destructive. Yeah. So. I am with you. I am absolutely with you. All right. And before I wrap up here, I would love to hear, and this can be related to your book, of course, but a piece of wisdom you might give yourself if you were to speak back to a Heather just um, with that first little baby and knowing all you had ahead. What's something you would like to tell yourself? Oh, man. Don't you wish you could do it again, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Sometimes and sometimes Some, no. Sometimes not. Yeah, no. Okay. Maybe with grandkids. Um, I do think that I wish I could interact with my oldest in a more grace-filled way. You know, like see him, see that he's doing the best that he could do and give grace to myself that I'm doing the best that I can do. Um, there was just so much pressure that I put on myself and on him to say the right thing, do the right thing with the right tone. And that's exhausting. That's exhausting. So I think give her grace and say less words. <laughs> I overcorrected, overinstructed so often where if I sat with them or, you know, just met them where they were, I think it would have gone a lot further. Yeah. That's so good. Somebody out there needs to hear that right now and maybe have an opportunity to do things a little bit different and shift and then save, save yourself having to think back later. I wish I had done it different. So thank you. That means a lot. Oh, Heather. Okay. Well, where can people follow you, listen to you and get your book? Anything. Don't mom alone. Don't mom alone.com at don't mom alone. Facebook. Don't mom alone. Oh, how nice. You got it all. It's that's pretty easy. Instagram, and we'll link to all of those places, but really excited about this book and think that everyone can benefit from the message in it. So thank you for writing it in the middle of a pandemic. Thank you for pouring out for everything you cover on your podcast and just appreciate your time today. Well, thank you for having me. So much fun. All right, friends, I hope you enjoyed that conversation and I hope it just gave you the inspiration you need to reach out to a friend you know, or maybe one you don't know, and to build some community to make 2022 the best year yet as you unite with other moms, support one another, and find out how special and what a difference it can make to link up with other moms. So I hope this encouraged you. Please do spread the word about this podcast and this episode with your friends. Uh, We've got some really good stuff coming up in the weeks ahead. It's going to be an amazing end of winter and spring season. So can't wait to grow with you here. Have a wonderful rest of your week. And until next time, aloha. Aloha.